Well, in the past few weeks, I've been speaking a lot on the theme of the family, and uh, in these past uh, week or two, the, um, there's been the extraordinary synod on the family that's gathered in Rome, and so our prayers go up before the Lord for the success of that synod, and it brings to our mind this, this theme of family, and I'll continue this, uh, this theme today as well. I spoke two weeks ago about um, marriage and divorce and the effects of divorce on children, and then last week I spoke about the importance of the exercise of our uh, spiritual fatherhood and our spiritual motherhood in regards to our children and how important that is, uh, not just for the, the current uh, successive generation, but for generations into the future. And today I'd like to kind of back up from children and say the, the, the health of the children is going to depend largely upon the health of the relationship between the spouses. And so today I'll speak about uh, a healthy relationship between the husband and the wife. In our readings today, uh, we see uh, the theme of Christ's sacrificial love for his people. In our first text, our prophetic text from Isaiah, it speaks about, it uses a very strong word, it even uses the word crush. And this is the experience of, of Christ's passion. It was a crushing. And he gave his life uh, for the good of us. And it says he will see his offspring. And so that's it. This is, again, Jesus' spiritual paternity being exercised in relation to us. And in our second passage from Hebrews, it talks about Christ going through testing. And then finally, in our gospel passage, our Lord speaks about the cup that he uh, has been given to drink and the baptism with which he will be baptized. And that is the cup and the baptism of his passion, of his suffering. And it was uh, a great experience of suffering for him, but he did it out of sacrificial love for us. Now, that whole act of sacrificial love that the Lord demonstrated, that kind of suffering that he went through for us, it's spoken about in terms of Christ's spousal love. Christ is a husband loving his bride, the church. And Christian marriage participates in that mystery of Christ's spousal love for his church. And we, as baptized Christians, a Christian husband, a Christian wife, uh, these, this uh, couple is called to embody that sacrificial love of Christ for his church. Uh, but it's an experience of suffering. Marriage is inevitably, it brings with it conflict, tension between the spouses and suffering. St. Paul says those who marry will have trouble in the flesh. It's guaranteed to happen. And so it's not, a successful marriage is not a marriage that is free of conflict between the spouses. Uh, that's not going to happen. Very, I would think that's very rare. And in fact, if it does happen, usually it's a sign that it's a, they're going to split up because they've gotten to the point where they've set up a wall between the two and they're going to drift apart and end in divorce. So, uh, you know, actually an absence of conflict sometimes might be a bad sign. So conflict is there, it's inevitable, but it's how we navigate our way through the conflict that really makes us or breaks us in terms of uh, our marriage. And I'm um, drawing from a book I recommended highly uh, by a, a marriage and family counselor by the name of John Gottman. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And I'm just drawing just a, a, a modest amount from, his, from this book here. It's a very extensive book. I highly recommend it. In the midst of our trials and tribulations in our, in our marriage, we need first and foremost to focus on the positive and to nurture a positive respect and admiration for our spouse. 
We need to focus on the person of our spouse, loving the person of our spouse. And we need to avoid certain things. Uh, for example, criticism of the person of our spouse. If there is something that our spouse has done that's made us angry or upset, uh, we can speak to that, and we should speak to that specific act. But avoid criticizing the actual person. So you you can express, you know, honey, I was really disappointed. I, I felt really bad last night. You didn't do this chore X, Y, and Z because you said you were going to. And uh, I'd like you to do this today, get that done, da 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 You're focusing on a particular thing and how you feel. And it's actually an act of vulnerableness. It's actually an act of Christ who was vulnerable, who hung on the cross, exposed himself. And so you're expressing your feelings, honey, I'm, uh, you know, you made me angry or I'm angry or I, my feelings were hurt, so forth and so on. You're actually, it's an act of vulnerability. And then you're speaking about a particular act that the spouse did or did not do. As opposed to saying, you always, you are always selfish. You never think of anybody else but yourself. You are worthless. What is wrong with you? Okay? So, uh, in, at that point, what you're doing is you're attacking the person of the spouse. And uh, you're dividing. And you're not being vulnerable to that person. It's not constructive. Uh, contempt is, is kind of the next phase that happens sometimes. If you, you begin to actually despise the spouse and, you know, try as you might, you just can't think of anything good about your spouse. That would be, that would be another, you know, warning signal, a bad sign. Okay? So what we need if we, you know, we, uh, are not living in reality if we can't honestly appreciate the positive aspects of our spouse because Almost everybody's got something positive that you can really say. And, and what was it that drew you together at first? Um, so we should focus on the positive elements of our spouse. Even if you have a prayer journal or your Bible, you can even write them down. Write down the positive aspects of your spouse. Think about those and, and cultivate an attitude of gratitude to the Lord for those. And, and that's going to be very, very help, helpful. Also be mindful of our own failings, you know, uh, you can say to yourself, well, you know, I'm not the perfect husband. I'm not the perfect wife. I've done X, Y, and Z. This, my spouse has to put up with me for a reason, you know. So that way you're living more in reality and you avoid um, uh, that, that contempt, which is so poisonous for a marriage relationship. Defensiveness is another, another uh, poison. Defensiveness. Christ... What did the opposite? When he got on the cross, again, it's that vulnerable, that, that fundamental attitude and posture of being vulnerable. Jesus opened up his arms and he let, you know, someone thrust him inside and spit and slap him. And it's that opening yourself up to the other person as Christ did, uh, towards sinful man, humanity for whom he died. Uh, and then finally, another very bad thing, and it's a really bad sign, is what they call stonewalling. And that is when, they, when the couple, and especially this happens on the part of the man, is he will, he'll set up a wall between himself and his wife, and it will just be total disconnection, emotional disconnection. And he'll just, he won't fight anymore, he won't argue, but there'll be stonewall. And he's trying to preserve his own uh, kind of dignity and self-respect and things like that by doing that. But what he's doing is is he's really losing the marriage because he's breaking that connection and that uh, communication that's so necessary to be there. So focus on the positive 
aspects, cultivate an authentic admiration and respect for the other uh, spouse. And then finally, I'll leave you with this uh, very important and um, uh, another another positive tip for for spousal relationships. Um, there's a kind of, again, going back to that fundamental attitude of Christ's openness to the other, uh, there's a sensitivity that we need to cultivate towards uh, the other. And uh, you, we can be sensitive towards two different kinds of, they're subtle, very, very subtle signals that are sent from one spouse to the other spouse. And there's kind of two different types. There's The first type is what the, the, the counselors refer to as a repair attempt. So say there is a, a dispute, um, some kind of an argument that's taking place. Uh, there's an example that's given in the book, a couple by the uh, Olivia and Nathaniel. Okay, so Olivia and Nathaniel are arguing, uh, again, over an issue that is quite important to their family. They're going to be making a major purchase of a house or a car or, car or something to that effect. And they're in this dispute, and then suddenly uh, Olivia puts her hands on her hips and imitates her four-year-old son by sticking out her tongue. And uh, Nathaniel anticipates that, and he does it first. He beats her to it and sticks out his tongue. And that diffuses the tension between the two. And uh, what they're doing is that that's a couple who have a fundamentally deep friendship and sensitivity to each other's uh, signals, and they're reading each other's repair attempts. Okay, now if Nathaniel were to just completely run roughshod over Olivia's attempt to, you know, do this repair attempt and just keep arguing and going and trying to prove his points, that's a that's a lack of openness. That's a lack of sensitivity to the other. The other signal uh, that is often sent is what again the counselors refer to as a, a bid. And they talk about a bid for affection, a bid for humor, a bid for love. And sometimes when the, the one spouse is sending the signal to the other, it's almost like they're not even fully aware of it. And so the, the example that's given in the, in the book is, you know, the, the wife is folding, she opens up the dryer and she makes a big groan. Oh, I gotta fold the laundry. And in, in a subtle sense, she was sending a signal to the husband for some sympathy. And in this case, the, you know, the, the husband picks up on that and he says, oh, what's going on? What's the matter? Oh, you know me, I hate folding laundry. So the husband comes over and they turn on the radio together and he says, oh, I love folding laundry. It gets, gives me an opportunity to listen to the radio. So he turns on the radio and they listen to some jazz music and they fold the laundry together. And the next thing you know, they, uh, they're having a good time together. But you see, that's because the, the husband actually picked up on that subtle bid for sympathy, for love, for affection on the part of the husband. But in all of this, we go back to that fundamental stance of sacrificial love and openness that Christ uh, demonstrated for us on the cross. And uh, as it says in our first reading, if that spousal relationship and that sacrificial love is there, then the children will be in a good place. As it says in, in Isaiah, he will, uh, um, when he gives his life as an offering, for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his life.